0: This is the time to be a leader. If you're a leader, it's like, if you're like bummed out by this, I mean, we should be sad about it. But as a leader, this is why you're a leader. It's for times like this. And people are going to remember the way you handle this and how you lead them 10 times more than they'll remember anything from the, the old normal. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Hey, Pat, how you doing? Good. Good morning from California. Good afternoon out there on the East Coast, Sangram. How are things? <laughs> I am good.
1: It's, uh, it's a really, really interesting times that we're all in. And I couldn't be more grateful that you're taking the time to share what you're learning, what you're seeing, because you're connected with more CEOs and more challenging times like, like this in organizations. And I hear the type of questions that people are getting. The reality is a lot of us probably don't have answers to how to handle those things. But I'm, I'm, I'm really excited that you, you kind of are taking the time to share some of these things, Pat.
0: It's, it's a pleasure to be here. I would do anything for you, Singer.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much. All right, so for, so we are live. We're live on LinkedIn. We're also live on Facebook, and YouTube. There are over 3,700 people who said they want to be here today. And just in case you're, uh, you're sleeping on the rock and you didn't know who Pat Valencian is, I'm just going to do, uh, I don't know if I can do justice, but I'm going to do my own uh, little intro, and I'd love for you to share a little bit more, Pat. Uh, but Pat, it, he and I, we met at LeaderCast uh, last year. And uh, since then, we have done, uh, we spent like three hours when we were at uh, your office. And it was really fascinating to see you in action with your team and everything that's going on. I love doing the podcast when your new book came out, The Motive. Uh, And I'm not kidding when I say I'm a huge fan because I got like all, all of your books over here. And frankly, I'm reading this book, rereading this book, The Five Dysfunctions of a Team right now. And I feel like this is more interesting and more important right now than it has ever been. Uh, but, you, you know, you have sold over six million copies of the book, books that you have written, many, many books. Um, you are the founder and president of The Table Group, and, and you have an amazing podcast called The Table Group. So I don't know what I'm sure I missed a ton, but I'm really excited to have a conversation with you.
0: It's great to be here. And I'm, I want to say hello to all those people around the country and around the world that are listening to this. And I hope they're all doing well.
1: Awesome. All right. So first and foremost, I'm just gonna we, we send it to our own organization, at terminus, and across the board, ask people what questions do you want to ask. What are the what are the things that you're going through? So before I get to that, I just wanted to ask you, how are you doing as you're leading your own organization, your own family? How's your family doing? Uh,
0: we're doing fine, thank you. You know, this is such an interesting time because there's such a big thing going on, and yet most of us are relatively idle except for those that are in critical industries that have to be out there dealing with it. God bless them. But so, you know, we're doing fine. We're just, you know, trying to stay healthy, of course, and trying to stay relatively productive and, and mentally healthy. Yeah. And So we're hunkered down in our house. I have one son who's with his girlfriend in another state. And uh, so that's, that's all right. But uh, it's, it's just an interesting time. It's, it's a time of being close to family Yeah, right? in a weird environment
1: we like, you know, we were talking that yeah, a couple of days ago with my family. I'm like, when, what would have taken for all of us yeah. to take a pause and sit at home and be with your family, like literally your family for days unknown, but realize how important your family is. What would have taken us to be there?
0: Yes. Even in really, I believe that even in really difficult times, good things emerge. and And that is definitely one of them. And, um. Yeah, there's been some some blessings in this. I I just wish that every day they could shut down technology for three hours. You know, like, oh, shut down technology from noon to three. Uh, Then we would all have nothing, you know, because sometimes I I find that I if I overindulge in technology, I can uh, can get off kilter, if you will. So but but other than that, I mean, it's it is a neat thing to be with your family. No doubt. Now really bad for people who are by themselves. And that's one of the tragedies of this is there's a lot of older people that need to be by themselves. And so they're they're They can be pretty lonely. So that's one of the things that technology is nice for.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Now, how is how are you leading your organization? Because I saw like you have a very vibrant organization at the table group. I pleasure to meet Cody and Amy and a lot of people on your team. What is the message that you, as a founder and president of the Table Group, because you have yourself an organization, then we'll get into questions for what others are asking. But what is, what is your message to
0: them? You know, the thing is, it's not a normal time. So let's come up with our let's get productive within this normal time. But before we do that, I mean, you know, so I, I wrote a I wrote an email right when this started that, that said to leaders, you know, this is the time to be a leader if you're a leader, it's like, if you're like bummed out by this, I mean, we should be sad about it. But as a leader, this is why you're a leader. It's for times like this. And people are going to remember the way you handle this and how you lead them 10 times more than they'll remember anything from the, the old normal. And so what I, the advice I give people is three things. First of all, be exceedingly human. This is not a time to be perfect. This is not a time to be falsely confident and on, you know, like, Business as usual, everything's, be human. Let people see that you too are human, that you have concerns about your family and about the business and about that you're not different than they are. At, at you're reading the five dysfunctions of a team. It talks about vulnerability is what breeds trust. And as a leader, if you're not saying, yeah, I have concerns myself and I have some challenges, people aren't gonna trust you. So this is a time to be exceedingly human. And that means pour into their lives as well. I believe that we should always be pouring into the lives of the people that, that we lead but the business culture sometimes says we're not supposed to and, and that's just crazy and during this time it's particularly crazy so
1: no, i love that and i love the the phrase that you used but it said like the word you use to just not be human but exceedingly human yes double click on that for me like give ex- can you give examples of like well what does that really mean for people to do
0: right so like so in my team we've got we um have people, I have kids in college right now and, uh, and their college, their, their college career ended abruptly. And I have other people that have similar things in high school. And so when we talk about the struggle that we're going through with all this, they hear that for me and they go, oh my gosh, I'm feeling the same thing. Or, or having your whole family in a, in a, in a house together for this much time is fantastic, but it's also really challenging. And if they hear me say, man, I'm having a hard time getting through to one of my sons. And they're like, oh, you are too? I'm like, absolutely. And we talk about that and they're like, "Okay, so this is a place where I can be completely vulnerable. I can be human. And as a result of that, we grow closer together. We don't fall apart. I think that this is going to be a time of of opportunity to get more cohesive or to drift apart. It's going to be one or the other. And if the leader is not exceedingly human, it's tough for people to grow closer together. Such a great point. What was your second one? I think it was around persistence, right? Yeah, to be persistent. This is a, It's very easy as a leader to think, well, I need to leave people alone. You know, they're at home with their families and this is a really difficult time. So I just won't bother them very much. It's like, no, 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 the opposite. Constantly be in communication with them. Constantly be checking in with them. Sending them information. Sending them your perspectives. No one is going to look back in October and say, you know, that manager of mine, I just got so tired of him checking in with me and caring about what I was feeling and thinking and, 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 and communicating with me. I wish he just left me alone. That is a crazy thing to do, but it's very natural for people to think I should do that. Most of us are sitting at home really hungry for connection. Mm.
1: Yeah. And I'm I'm realizing our own organization. So at Terminus, we went from about three co-founders to about 250 people. And we just had a kickoff meeting last, it feels like ages ago, like a week and a half ago. And we had all 250 people together the energy, the excitement, the, the bonding, all these things, because now that you have a, we have office at all these places, was electric. And the very next day, we had to shut it down and say, hey, everybody go home, be safe, you know, stay with your families, and see if we got an everyday things just kept going. And one of the questions I've got, and this is from Greg, was around the idea that, okay, well, I can't replicate that level of energy like in a Zoom environment. I, I, and I, know, I get it, I know that. His question really is that now that we know we can't replicate that exact energy that we would have in a physical environment, but the business has to go on because jobs are at stake, lives are at stake, kids, like all these things are at stake. So Greg's question is like, well, how do I talk to my team without being this, without creating an alarm for like, hey, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. So the world is going to fall apart. So you should just look out for yourself or. Should I be
0: as transparent as I can? So Greg is like, I'm. I'm he's challenged, and I think a lot of people are in that shoes. Yeah, it's air on the side of transparency. You know, is is it, people? It's so common for people. It's it's kind of like in dealing with kids too. You know, I think should we tell them that we're having? They can tell. Yeah. They know. And and so I think it's better to air on the side of transparency. Now everybody understands as a leader. Sometimes you can't communicate certain things because they're it's inappropriate or it's it's private. But generally speaking, this is a time to let people know what's going on with you personally, what's going on with the business. People appreciate that and they respond very well to it. It's not going to be comfortable, though. Yeah, you know, not going to be comfortable. I think that's the thing. If we're looking for comfort here, I mean, I mean comfortable for ourselves as leaders, if we're not pushing ourselves out of our, our comfort zone, we're not going to be great leaders during this time. So I would say let people in on what's going on and, and admit what you don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know what's going to what's going to come from this, but I know that we're going to be together in it and we're going to work through it and I'm going to give everything I have for you. I love that.
1: So I got exceedingly human being
0: persistent and transparency, I feel is, is part of that. What is the third one that you had in that? It's be creative, do things that you've never done before. And, and you know, it's so crazy that this sounds so simple, but don't be afraid to, to look silly at times. You know, and, and let me tell you what I mean by that. So, like, I mean, this is a silly example, but I, again, and it's natural for us. To, but just talk to your people about things that you don't normally talk to them about. We get on our calls. So we've changed, by the way, in, in the in the within the guise of persistence. We have decided we're going to meet every other day as an entire company. And then we're going to meet every every single day as our in our smaller groups. And so let's just say we meet for an hour. The first 35 minutes of that are probably spent just checking in with people and telling stories about our kids and what's going on and how we're dealing with things. And it's really tempting for me as a leader to sit here and go, Oh no, we got to get on to the, the agenda. We got to get on to, to work getting done. There's never been a more important time to recreate the sense of your team. Yeah. So nobody is sitting there and it's just so tempting to be professional. And this is a time to be wisely, unprofessional, and to be effective, but not efficient. If we think that this is a time to use our time efficiently, we're probably going to miss the human part of that. So be creative. We, we go around, we talk about what movies you're watching, what games you're watching. My wife had a bunch of games in our closet. And so we gave them out to a bunch of our employees. They stopped by the house and picked them up on the front porch. And, and so we're talking about all kinds of interesting things, what our kids are doing, how we're dealing with toilet paper shortages and all those other things. And um, this is the time to be creative. So be exceedingly human, be persistent, be creative. And I think your people will appreciate that, even if at times you feel a little bit, a little bit odd.
1: No, I think that's, and talking about just being creative, I think like we're trying to do, like, like 10 minutes prior to this, we're trying to figure out how are we gonna be live with, with all the extension. You're literally on your son's laptop right now getting things done. And this is just real life. Right,
0: my college son is definitely in bed and will be for the next few hours. And so we have to go steal his computer from him and make sure that I could support this. And that's my wife is down here in her pajamas, and I look like I'm all ready, but I didn't get to bed till really late. And so it's a crazy time, and embrace that craziness, and and good things will come from it.
1: Absolutely. All right. So everybody who's listening to this, uh, if you can't hear us, give us a thumbs up and ask questions because this is really for all these 3,700 plus people who said. We want to, we have questions we want. And I wrote down, I have I've printed out as many questions as I possibly could uh, from all these different interactions. So I'm just going to go through some of them and later on my own personal view as our own organization to just ask
0: more direct questions for our own. Thank you. you know, one thing I want to say is we have a thing called a the thematic goal, which is a rallying cry. At any yeah. given time, our company has a rallying cry. And our new rallying cry we came up with yesterday is to make this a time of cohesiveness Innovation and growth, and I don't mean revenue growth, but I mean let's grow and and become better so we're going to pull together more than we normally would even we're going to come up with ideas that we never would have been able to come up with, and we're going to grow personally and as an organization as a result of that so that's what everything we're going to do is going to be focused on.
1: Dude, I love that this is I mean I don't know if I don't think you could see it, but this was like the fifth question. Should you have a rallying cry right now? Is that being uber optimistic and trying to create more of a, a notion of non-reality or a rallying cry should be really empathetic into it? So can you repeat what were the three things
0: that you, you your team came up with? Make this a time of cohesiveness, innovation and growth. Oh, That's wow. not growth like bottom line growth. I mean, not that we're giving up on doing some things. But we want to grow and we want to emerge from this. And it's not in a, we're always very careful and, and a little worried that that's going to sound like, oh, let's be opportunistic and make this. A, no, 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 Let's let's just be good stewards of a time. Even during times like this, we can grow and we can be innovative. And more importantly, we can get tighter as a team. Because when this is over, and maybe that's June, maybe that's July, maybe that's October, we want to look back and say, you know, if it weren't for that, we would never be as good as we are today.
1: That is true. That is true. And I, I think, and you, you started by saying that this would be the time you, as a leader, you, you need to go back and look at it as like you, how you want to be remembered as to how you handle this pressure.
0: So it's a window of opportunity to really know, know who you are and to show that to others so that they feel that.
1: All right. So this is a question from Ruth. Ruth said, How do you acknowledge that everyone is scared, everyone is confused without spreading
0: negativity? on your entire organization. So, so that means, I think Ruth, what I would say is, so be honest, but do so with enjoy. You know what I mean? And, and I think the thing about it is when you get together with people, whether it's a Zoom call or we're on the phone or whatever else, that exceedingly human, I think people will, like if you were to go out in the street right now, And we, in California, we've been more than a week locked in our homes, right? If I were to walk outside my door, my office, and see my neighbors and and from 20 feet apart, talk to them. You get this, you, you get happy to see one another. Yeah. Checking in with one another and you're, and I think that it brings out the best in people and the the way to squash that is to not be real. So Mm -hmm. I think that when you're talking to your people about things, let them see both your, your, your true concerns, but allow yourself to, to experience the joy of togetherness and, and checking in with one another. Again, it's be exceedingly human. I don't think that's going to be negative. Now, there are people that are going to say, "Are we going to have a job when this is done?" There are certain right. industries, and I think it's it's just really important. We don't want to mislead them, but I think that if we allow ourselves to to be innovative and find out, so what can we do? Let's be as creative as we can during this time, and really amazing things are happening. You know, our company. We sat down yesterday and wrote down all the vendors we have. And which of those might be at risk and how we're going to reach out to them and how much money are we just going to send to some of them to keep them in business? Yeah. Um, and I think, it. gosh, imagine if if everybody on this call did that with two vendors, that mm. that becomes its own and excuse the word, but viral way that we change a business society and yeah. and think about the bonds that will be developed between vendors and customers when when they reach out to one another and, and do things like that. So. Anyway, that's a roundabout answer for you, Ruth. I hope that's helpful.
1: And and that is helpful. Like from our perspective, we at at Terminus, for example, I love what you said. You're actually doing every other day Q&A with your team um, because the situation is so fluid right now that the new questions, new concerns arise. And I think by, by... the fact that you and your team is doing that, I think that itself is such a big blessing and people would appreciate it more than I think we all can, you know, at the leadership level, probably
0: appreciate it. Yeah. Don't cut down on communication, even though people are at home, because we have this idea, oh, I shouldn't bother them. No, they want to be, you know what we're going to do at our company? We're going to rotate families. People are going to bring their entire family on to our meetings just to, to we want to connect them to what's going on because they go, hey, mom goes into that office and does her stuff. I wonder what that's about. We're going to yeah. bring the families and the kids. Sometimes they're college kids. Sometimes they're in middle school. Sometimes they're in elementary school. That's so good. Talk to them about what we're working on. And, and as a result of all of this, they're going to feel closer to their mom and dad's work than they ever have.
1: Yeah, and weirdly, I think it's also what you're touching on, Pat, is that they will probably have more respect for what their mom and dad oh, do yeah. for living. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So this is another question from, town School Alec. Like, He's a, his question is, how do you infuse a new sense of clarity, direction, and calm, and
0: being calm in the organization? So, almost like going to your point of rallying cry. Yes, and I think it's important to, to, to change the rallying cry. What's our rallying cry going to be for, for the foreseeable future? Because we don't know how long this is going to be. Right. And it's funny to say, if two weeks from now, things start to look better and we get back to normal, or, or it won't ever be the same, but you can do another rallying cry then. But what we said is we're going to make this time. We don't know if that's six weeks or two months or six months, but, but come up with a new rallying cry, especially for this time.
1: Yeah. That, and I think that is, is that different than what you would consider your vision statement or your mission statement that most
0: organizations create? I think it's important to clarify that. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, and so we have a nomenclature or a taxonomy that says the first thing you have to come up with, and this is probably in the old world, like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, people would throw all this into one statement, which is why they can be so confusing. So we really said there's six things you need to clarify, but when it comes to most vision statements or mission statements, there's probably three that we have. The Mm -hmm. first one is why do you exist? And that doesn't change over time. I mean, my company's the reason why we exist is to make work more fulfilling yeah. and to make organizations better, healthier. That's never going to change. The next question is, okay, how do you behave? And those are like the two or three values that make you, this is our organization. We're, we're only going to double down on those values. Yeah. The third question is, what do we actually do? What business are we in? And so it's, it's those three things that make up kind of what you stand for And then the next question is so important. The fourth thing is, what's your strategy? Mm -hmm. That is the thing that should change right now. So not why you exist, probably not what you do, not how you behave in terms of your core values, but okay, the world has changed. How are we going to adjust our strategy temporarily? Or it might actually be like, we're finding, for instance, this is for Olay, right? Yeah. We're finding Olay that we're we're doing so much more obviously virtually. We we thought in the past we couldn't do that. Because the work we do is in-person consulting with teams sitting around a table, yeah. or being in a room giving a speech. A lot of it was like human personal contact. We just kind of shy away from doing too much virtually. We yeah. have more that we can do that's meet people virtually. And so our, our strategy is changing. So I think yeah. it's all those things that probably combine to make what we in the past would call a vision statement or a mission statement.
1: I'm so grateful that you, you clarified that because I think it's, I'm hearing a lot of companies saying, well, we need to have a more now social impact oriented mission or vision. And my immediate reaction to that is like, I'm not sure you need to really change what you build a company around. Oh no. Because it would be, you. You it would change and confuse everybody, your customers, everybody. So thank you for clarifying that.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the the and Jim Collins did the best work on this, him and Jim Jerry Porras. And they talked about, you know, that's a, if you're changing the reason why you exist, you're you're it's a restart. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think people need to restart. I think they need to change their strategy name.
1: Yeah, I love that. All right. So this is a question from Jill. Uh this is uh this is a good one. How transparent should I be? And and she is literally kind of putting it in there. It's like everything, be, be good, bad, and the ugly, or just temper, temper, the, temper the information
0: that we share and be fluid every day, every week as the situation changes? Well, I'll go back to what I said before. It, as hard as, it, 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 as good as your intentions might be to not tell people things, it's so much better to tell them. Yeah. And I do think that if family life is that way, I have four sons, they're 21, two of them are, they're twins, um, 17 and 13. They know. I mean, they know when things aren't good and it's so much better to let them in on it and they, they help you and you can help them. So I say transparency is a good thing. Does that mean you should open up all your files and tell people what their, what their salaries are and all that? No, I don't mean about things like that, but if you're concerned about something, boy, the best innovation comes when you let people in on that and you say, what can you do to help? Yeah. Do that with confidence, but with honesty. And I, I think that goes a long way.
1: Absolutely. So at at Terminus, what we're trying to do, we literally had a call like an hour ago as an executive team. We're doing our all hands tomorrow with the entire company and then do it weekly as fluid as needed. But we're going to open up and show all the metrics that we as an executive team looks at so that everybody just knows what we're looking at and what decisions are going to be based on. So they realize where they can actually help, because that's really what we want from our team is like it can be done by one person. It can be done by the executive team or leadership team. Everybody has to actually jump in, but if they don't know what numbers matter at this very moment for the company to survive so they can later thrive, then they would be, they would be in like in darkness. So we're opening up the key metrics that we know we need to really look at closely and monitor it and, and make sure that they are in a healthy place. And based on the changes in that is when we would need to make decisions that, you know, that to, to to drive the business forward.
0: And that's what we're trying to do. You know, I was thinking, Sangram, just yesterday, I'm trying to not, not watch too much news. I think we're at a point now where if you check in once a day, maybe for a short period of time, you get enough. You know, it's, a, it's not changing by the hour now. And I think that too much news can really bring you down. But I have to say these these daily White House press conferences where they bring in the head of FEMA or the, the, this one doctor, this woman and, and various leaders. I find them interesting because oftentimes the answer is we don't know. Yeah. And that doesn't that doesn't freak me out as much as it would be if they were like, oh, no, everything. We know all the details because then you're like, no, that's not true. And so it's, it's an interesting thing. It's kind of counterintuitive. But I think more exposure calms people down and to know that people are working on things rather than sitting. And, and, and I was thinking about this. You could really see a government like I don't we don't want to communicate too much. Right now, it feels like they're just opening the kimono and saying, hey, we'll tell you anything. I mean, two-hour press conferences, it feels like we're part of a company where the leaders leaders are talking to us about what's actually going on. And I I think that's great. I think the only thing worse than that is not communicating and letting people fill it in with the worst information. Uh,
1: True that. And and you're right. I think as much as news is something that could be depressing at this point, because we just hear shut down, shut down, shut down. I feel like I'm in a fishbowl right now, just looking outside my house and and feeling that kind of stuff, but that, and I think that's really is what I think organizations to do. I'm actually asking and, and seeing as letters from the CEOs, and I'm not really a big fan of that as much as like, Hey, this is just opening up to your entire leadership team and yeah. have them share, not just, so the press conference is a great example. we like, it's not just Donald Trump saying that this is what I think. He got all these 10 leaders to say, ask the business leaders, ask the, the FEMA person and that lends credibility more than what he could have said the same
0: exact thing. Absolutely. Because we all know that if, if it's just a press conference where somebody's reading from a teleprompter or somebody's sending a letter, we're like, they, had, they crafted that. Like, I wonder, but when, you have, when you're raw and you just go up there and people are asking you questions, do you have some answers? You don't have others. You're like, we're going to try this. We're not really sure about this. I'm like, okay, there's human beings that are dealing with this the way, the way I might. I, that actually instills confidence. That is great. All right. So I'm getting a whole
1: bunch of questions. Now, this is your shifting gear a little bit, because this is about not only leading your teams, but also leading yourself right. in this time of it. So yeah. start with you. how are you leading yourself? What does your day look like? And then I want to get into some specific questions because people have questions about, all right, we got problems. The stress at work is spilling into my family life and, and yeah. all that stuff is real. So how are you yourself leading yourself at this moment?
0: Okay. So I, I love this question. And I, I, I have to say, what inspires me is when I get together with my leadership team and we talk. And after yesterday, after yesterday's call, I left and did things differently. Here's the number one thing. Um, I think that day to day, I have to set goals. Mm. I, like, and, and like, so I'm going to tell you, yesterday, my goal was to clean my office, which I have, which I hadn't done in, in nine months. It was to do a cardio exercise. Okay, so that's personal stuff as well it was to, I had like three important meetings we had to do to get through things. And we did those and we got them done and they were innovative and they were good. And then I actually sat down and had literally just a 15 minute meeting with my family. And of course they're rolling their eyes, you know, you're, you're <laughs> in your backyard. I'm like, you know, I do this for a living. All like, right. What are we doing? But I just literally went around and said, how are you physically? Yeah. How are you feeling emotional? Well, here's what we need a little bit more from you. Do you think you can do that? And my kids were like, and my wife at one point jumped in and said, yeah, and let's, Let's have no screen time before noon. And my kids said, hey, can we just manage that ourselves? We'll cut down on screen time. But how about if we decide when? Yeah. And, and I'm finding that being a little bit more patient and having a little bit more grace and a little bit more flexibility. So anyway, th- that's what I did yesterday. I, I had those goals. My goals today, I have a few things going on. I'm going to take a nap because I, I couldn't sleep last night. Yeah. And I have to clean my closet. yeah. yeah. Now, let me tell you something. At the end of the day, when I set five goals for myself, and by the way, I don't distinguish between personal and professional. Yeah. When I go, I got those done. My wife and I are like, we had a really good day today.
1: Mm.
0: And who'd have thought you could have a good day in the midst of all these things? Yeah. And then the other thing is, this is probably the biggest challenge for me personally, Is is I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a Christian. And I'm a Catholic too. And so I used to go to Mass frequently and we can't go to mass now. This is the first time in my lifetime that they've closed down mass. So I have to be a little bit more disciplined about my prayer time, silence and and prayer. So discipline, flexibility and having goals is how I manage myself. And I'm finding being more patient with my family, not being overly re- strict about things, but giving them encouragement goes a long way.
1: I love that. And thank you for sharing that, because one of my questions for you personally is like, well, how is how much or what role does grace in this yourself, your family, your people that you're working with and your faith plays in it for individually, whatever that might look like to people? Um, And I think you touched on that a little bit right now.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and again, this I find I'm getting better during this time and being more graceful. And and I think I'm becoming a better parent and a better spouse because for and by the thank you, God, for helping me do this, because it's so important right now. But when, when I'm tempted to get upset with my kids, I'm like, you know, they're going through a difficult time here. Why don't I just share with them what I'm what I'm feeling? And, and nine out of 10 times, they they exceed my expectations because I'm not where in the past I probably would have said, why don't you do this differently? Come on, stop doing that. And I'm like, does it really matter? And does it really matter if he gets up an hour earlier or not? He's getting his stuff done. Yeah, he's being a great kid, and so I've caught myself a dozen times in the last two days about yeah. to pounce and going, "Wait, wait, wait, why?" Yeah, no, I think
1: that's so good. It's so so, and just because you shared your own personal day yesterday, so my here is my real quick my personal oh. day. So, Chris, my son, he's nine. My daughter Kiara, she's five. Krish has been playing piano since last couple of years. We got this piano app that lets him. It's, it's gamified. It's called Simply Piano, so he could pick any song and it just plays, and he plays along with it. And if he gets right, then he gets three stars. So it's hundred percent gamified. So sometimes he would play for an hour, and you know, it's it's fantastic. Beautiful. So yesterday, I gave him the task of like, all right, our your little sister Kiara, she's growing up. She's now five and. So I told Krish to work with Kiara for the first okay. time. I don't know if I would have normally done that. I said, why don't you work with her, Give him, giving him a leadership role in the house and say, why don't you work with her and teach her a song like, instead of teaching patience? I thought that will teach him great patience. than yeah. anything. And he was so creative. He came up with stickers so that she could remember the letters that, that she has to punch in with two fingers. Like this is C, this is E, this is F. And they both essentially played a song together by the end of the day.
0: And to me, that was like, wow. Yeah. I know it. I see my kids doing things. I can tell you my 13 year old is so excited to have his college brothers home. <laughs> and they, are, they are doing things and it's just fabulous to see little blessings coming out of this difficult time.
1: Absolutely. All right. So questions as I'm looking, I'm not looking, checking my anything other than the questions that we're getting in here. This, this is a question. How do you help your people find balance when your company has abundance of COVID-related work to get through? So this is like finding the balance between doing marketing under the name of COVID and using this more opportunistically, or being like, hey, look, this is not the time to market and sell and take this as an opportunity. We still have to market and sell, we still have to be in business, but not using the word COVID and not using this as like, this is the best time to
0: market kind of thing. Yeah, I think that, and you're, this is probably a better question for you. I mean, because this is your world. But I think one of the things right now is always be aware of how people are probably looking at things and just be very upfront and say, we do not want to sound crass, but yeah. you have a business. And so acknowledging what people are going through, but not stopping because people need help. But I, I would ask you, like, how do you do this so it doesn't come across tone deaf or even offensive?
1: Now, it, it's, it's a great, I mean, we talked about that literally day one off it. And one of the reasons I'm doing all this, like this is not part of Terminus, like, you know, business plan of right. me interviewing great, you know, people like you and others. It, it, I don't know if it actually drives any success or not to Terminus. But one, I want to know answers to these questions. And I want to, I don't want to put another COVID update. Like there's enough people doing that today. No. In the mm-hmm. So I want to provide hope over fear. And that is the strategy that we have internally talked about is that. So in a way, yes, when you reach out, reach out to your target accounts that you want to go and you have been reaching out to because we think we can serve them better, but don't reach out. We have that sentence or two have that flexibility in it. Recognize that this is crazy time recognize, and maybe just say, Hey, look, this may not be the best time. And we recognize it. We just want to make sure that we are there for you. If this is a need and something that so just, use a different tonality to it, different language to it. And over a period of time for the next last two weeks, I've just done seven, eight different videos on fitness, on leadership. How do you communicate better in crisis? And we're just packaging all that up in a piece of content and sending that to our customers. So hoping that they would, that would benefit them.
0: Right. You know, a guy named Terry Pierce, who's passed away now, wrote a book called Leading Out Loud. And one of the things I got from that was, he said, always just anticipate people's objections. And sometimes all you have to say is, hey, we don't want this to seem colder and personal because we know it's a really tough time. But today we're going to talk about this. So just know that we're th- we know that this is hard. Now let's go. Because I think if I think people are getting a little bit um, weary of having the first 10 minutes of every presentation talking about washing your hands, for instance. <laughs> and, and so, again, you don't want to be cold, but you just I think people are like, can you let's get on with life and yeah. as much as we can. So it's a balance and uh, we have a co- we have a podcast we're going to do today some yep. of it's going to relate to this time some of it's going to be stuff from and we're just going to make that clear and, and go i love that
1: all right A couple more questions um maybe a shorter one and then we can start start uh, towards a wrap up and and if if you if you want to know when we're going to next live you're going to have uh, daniel pink in, in a couple of weeks but also we i'm going to compose responses from Latvia of saying a blog post and i'll text everybody or respond and email everybody with the response in a couple of days One of the questions I'm getting is, this is a good one, but what questions should I ask to my leaders so that I know I
0: can help them? Right. That's a great question. I think that people can help their leaders by encouraging them to be open and saying, hey, we know, and I believe in ministering upward and managing upward. And, and everyone thinks that their manager is managing in exactly the way they want to and yet the, if they're a manager like there's plenty of people out there that are both being managed and they're a manager when they're managing they're they're not sure what to do so give your leaders permission to be human and let them know hey bob hey mary we're not going to freak out if you tell us the truth what's going on with you how are you doing let us know and we we are adults here and and, and it's okay so sometimes the leader needs their people to say, we can handle this. Yeah. And in fact, we want to know how you're doing. And that sometimes frees that leader to be even better. Yeah. So, so I don't, I, I think there's a lot of influence that people can have from, from below, if you will.
1: I love it. I absolutely love it. All right. Last question on this is, uh, this is from, from Jillian. I, I'm an executive. I already feel lonely because I can't, because executive CEOs, it's a lonely position and in, in most organizations, I feel even more lonely right now because uh, it can't have, I feel like meetings and teams were part of my growth strategy. What is the best way to deal with it?
0: Okay, so here's, the, and, and I, I'm, this is coming to me just as we're talking about this. I'm so glad she asked that question. You, we need to be spending way more time together and on Zoom or whatever else, talking about how we're doing and acknowledging what it's like to be working from home. And and somebody asked a question earlier um, that I want to this whole idea of work and, and home life getting yeah. in mind. This is a time to put it all out there. But if you don't give yourself time to do that, if every one of your meetings is trying to be professional and trying to be on time and getting it done. And I think you should be spending more social time on Zoom, talking more about what's going on. In fact, have some calls where you get your entire team together. And say, all we're going to do is talk about what movies we've seen, what games we're playing, what's going on with our adult parents or our kids and how we're dealing with this. And do not think that that's not helpful. In the normal world, we, we check in with somebody and say, how's your family? Okay, great. Let's get on to business. Okay, let's wrap this up. That is off the table now. So a lonely executive needs to reach out to others and say, I am lonely. I need to talk. And by the way, employees will be so bonded to a leader that can actually say that.
1: Oh, it is, it is, it is. A, it's almost as a challenge for everybody to actually open up and say that to people and say, be vulnerable. Be yeah. Great. Okay. So here, here are a couple of things I want to share as the wrapping up points for this. And then I really want Pat you to share a challenge for people to kind of take home, take with their work and think about and do something about it because I, I think it's an opportunity to take action. Yep. And, and, and not just sit back. So a couple of things. So as I said, at Terminus as well, we are we're more transparent than we're, we can ever be. We're doing weekly, uh, if not more often. And I love hearing that. We honestly are looking at this as an opportunity to create a great culture yep. um, as a company. This is because, the time to
0: do it. Yeah, this, this also, is it. This is the window of opportunity to do something different.
1: Yep. Um, we're also being very careful about like conserving cash and thinking about like how that is as a, as a, as a business. And we are leaning towards not answers, but questions, meaning we are we're saying, hey, we have the same questions as you do. And and not trying to answer every question, not trying to underline and put under an HR thing. It's like, yeah, we got questions, too. And we are all looking at it together. Great. Please ask more questions. Let's just figure this out together. So we are as an organization leading a couple of big ideas from from and I took like three pages of notes on this. Rallying cry, that spoke to me so much. I hope it speaks to every leader right now listening to it. Create a rallying cry for your organization that is going to take you. Yeah, this is is the time. If you didn't have a rallying cry, this is the time to create one. I think that's a really, really big idea. And thank you for sharing what you have been doing. The other one, of the three things you talked about, exceedingly human, being persistent um, with everything that's going on. I feel the idea of exceedingly human, it it cannot be overstated at this point. So points that are lonely, points having people, all these different challenges, be human, share. We have uh, we have a happy hour, 4 p.m. thing that happens at our company. Everybody brings in there, you know, whatever they want. Bring your pets, bring your kids, like, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, you're so right. I've, I'm really feeling we come out of this. And again, not downing all the craziness that is out there, no. but feeling like we're going to come out of this being more connected to our teams than we have ever been because I'm going to know the spouse's name and the kid's name and the pet's name and their favorite drink, You're not asking them to fill up a form, but I actually see this uh, on a regular thing. And, and I think regardless of you being an introvert an extrovert, I feel like there is a there is a moment and a place for for everybody. So Pat, as we wrap this up, parting words and a challenge that you want to give to leaders listening to this to lead their teams and lead
0: themselves. So when the first one would be, this is the time to be a leader. And this is the time when you're needed and it's easy to lead during easy times and crises. We can often go, why did this happen to me? And it's like, no, 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 no. This is why you're here. And so keep that in mind. Don't wait for this to be over and to look back and say, man, I should have been even better. The the other thing I would say is be vulnerable. You know, this is the time to be vulnerable as leaders. Um, And, and, Also, in that vulnerability, I think, and you're the account based marketing guy, (laughs) I think that uh, reach out to your clients in a human way. Sit down and send them a note and say, you know, if there's anything we can do to help you, here's some ideas. More importantly, we just want you to know we're aware of what you're going through and we're here for you. You know, nobody ever, people like to receive that. Make it personal. I think that maybe after this is over, we as a society, as a nation, as a world in business will become more human. Oh, man. And that will be great. I think I want to help people keep their jobs and keep their organizations healthy, regardless of whether I make any money doing that, because I think that we all really are do. it's a mission. And so anyway, I, I, I jumped around there, but I think this is actually a really important time. And it's one that we, we don't want to miss in terms yeah. of the things that we can bring from it
1: yeah i'm I'm so glad you brought the idea of customers in it because we didn't we didn't talk much about that. Right now, I think as every organization, I feel like, and we are going through it, we are like, it's not about net new customers. Let's not worry too much about it. It's like with the existing customer base, how what are our interactions? So one of the things that I'm trying to do, Pat, and asking other people on the teams to do is that I know I don't have uh, text phone numbers of every single customer. We're over a thousand customers now but I know at least 20 of them. So I'm right. starting to personally text them and simply ask them how they're doing. I'm asking everybody to do that. And if collectively we can do, reach out to as many, because not, not a cold email and stuff like that, that other people on the team could do it. But if you can, man, when I got that from somebody, it meant the world
0: to me. Yep. It meant the world. Yeah, tell people, that just like in your family, this is a good time to tell your customers what you appreciate about them and, and be genuine, be, be human, be vulnerable. That's awesome. I love it. Pat, thank you so much. This was fantastic. I cannot be more grateful for your time on this. Tangram, thanks for all that you do. I think that you the people on this call probably know you a little bit like I do. And, and uh, your, your disposition and your care and your, your passion is fantastic. So I appreciate it. We'll do anything for you. And, and I want to just say God bless to all the people on the call. And hopefully there's something in here that was helpful.
1: Oh, I am sure it was. So everybody listening, again, for the next LinkedIn Live, text number will hit you up. I'll also write a blog post on this. So if I have your info, I can send that over. So thank you, everybody. And God bless us. That's it.
0: You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review.